Welcome to Ms. Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. I'm your host, Catherine Owen. Poetry, it makes nothing happen. And that's a beautiful thing. Poetry Outlaws. So I think this is going to be the last episode in a shorter more curtailed season two because I've decided to be ultra flexible both with my podcast and with my magazine just as I am with my performance series and my review blog because that is sane and uh, it enables me to only focus on quality rather than quantity and undertake these initiatives well still responding to situations in my regular everyday life, like the need to earn a living, that interrupt my art activities at times, but also contribute to them and support them. So I'm going to end this shorter season with a listener's question from Holly Gattery, and she is a wonderful writer living in Ontario, And she asked me, what is wrong with Instagram poetry? What do I think about it? What's going on there? Uh, Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? What's up with that? So I did a bunch of research and thought about it. And uh, I mean, I had my own initial knee-jerk reaction, but I thought I'd go a little bit deeper. So this is uh, six short or slightly longer segments on what Instagram poetry is, what other people think about it, a few samples of it, what I think about it, and just a few open-ended questions and reactions uh, to consider. All right, so what is Insta poetry? Number one, it developed as a result of poets trying to share their work to expand their readership. Writers of this sub-genre began using social media as their preferred method of distribution rather than traditional publishing methods because, you know, God forbid we wait to publish our work. Vinu Kaspar reflects on the ways Instapoetry has turned poetry into a capitalist endeavor. He believes the words are motionless and written to attract followers. The rate at which these Instapoets produce new material, he argues, steals from poets who spend years honing their craft, carefully writing and rewriting every line, practicing their performance over and over. The feeling is that Instapoetry is a collection of words with little to no meaning under the guise of poetry. Similarly, Tom Young, a poet and high school English teacher, created a parody Instagram page as a way to mock Instapoets in their work. He states the younger generation is mostly interested in fidget spinner poetry, like they're just scrolling on their devices to read something instantly while the libraries are empty. I think people today don't want to read anything that causes them to think critically. So the whole notion is that uh, you know, oh, well, they're just going to start here with reading Insta Poetry and then they're going to progress to, you know, going to the library and reading more finely crafted poetry. Is this the case? Hmm. Okay, let's start by contrasting a Rupi Kaur piece. So she's probably one of the most infamous Insta Poets. So here's one of her pieces. We began with honesty. Let us end in it too. Okay, what's poetic about that? I feel it's just a statement. And if she had even possibly replaced honesty with truth, uh, 
she would at least have been working a little bit more with sound. Truth, too. Uh, but other than that, it's just basically seeing something that she's hoping for. There's nothing particularly poetic about that. Then there's Atticus, who's another renowned and uh, somewhat anonymous insta-poet. He is a little trickier. He has pieces like, she wasn't waiting for a knight. She was waiting for a sword. So this plays with, you know, a common idiomatic notion. It's possibly unintentionally, intentionally funny, but uh, I like the parallelism here. And then there's Pierre Ginti as an example of a much lesser known insta-poet who says, I never want to stop making memories with you. Okay, how is this a poem? How is this anything resembling something someone would say that has already been said a million times before? It's just a saying, and it's already been said. So, hmm. But as with any writing, any level and type and kind, you have a wide range of practitioners talent-wise. That's inevitably going to occur. Okay, number two. This is from the PN Review. The PN Review says, Earlier this year, in a divisive, scorched-earth essay, the poet Rebecca Watts criticized the popular Instagram poet Holly McNish's work as that, not of a poet, but of a personality. She derided Instagram poetry's amateurish and craftless commercial fodder that anyone can breezily snack on. Nom, nom, nom. The reader is dead. Long live consumer-driven content and the instant gratification this affords. So here's her words from... Uh, her piece called The Cult of the Noble Amateur. Uh, Rebecca Watts says, Why is the poetry world pretending that poetry is not an art form? I refer to the rise, and she focuses particularly on the cohort of young female poets who are currently being lauded by the poetic establishment for their honesty and accessibility. Buzzwords for the open denigration of intellectual engagement and rejection of craft that characterizes their work. The short answer is that artless poetry sells. Okay, so so these supposed poets, these insta-poets, are apparently actually doing quite well for themselves. Um, Rupi Kaur, unprecedented for a poet, spends time in the office with her team to oversee operations and manage projects. She has personal brands. She does marketing. Gosh, she even has mugs. So while the poet's story has long been one of a double life split between two urgent duties, making a living and making art, absolutely, these insta-poets think that they have solved this problem and they are going to now make millions off their supposed art, which is artless. Okay, number three. Uh, So this is something that we hear quite regularly. Poetry, like any other art, must adapt to the world changing around it. First of all, must. Secondly, adapt. Thirdly, does poetry evolve? Does it? Uh, here's a quote from young poet Shani Raitzen. She says, every kind of literary genre has evolved over the years. And to say that Rupi Carr has to abide by some classical standard, you know, it doesn't make sense. Okay, no, art doesn't evolve. The language in which it is written does. The world that it represents does. But art itself does not evolve in terms of quality, in terms of craft. 
So I was interviewing a professor the other day, a poet who was bemoaning the fact that he has a hard time explaining that the number of likes doesn't necessarily mean good. So the students will say, but this supposed poem has all these likes. So it must be a better piece than this other one that doesn't have that many likes. But does this mean McDonald's because it sells in the billions versus a small fine dining restaurant is somehow a positive adaptation of food, a positive evolution of food, or that its value increases in any way as nutrition or even pleasure based on the fact that the masses want it? Are the masses going to determine what is good and of value in our society? Okay, number four. So there's a guy on the internet who pretended to be an Instapoet to see what would happen. You can read that on vice.com. And this guy says, by the end of the first week, I'd written 40 awful poems. I was averaging about 50 likes on each post and my account which had only been active for seven days, had already amassed 281 followers, which is fucking absurd. So he ended up with a ton of followers and many claimed that his poems saved them. Okay, what to make of that? So then he says, Rebecca Watts had a point when she accused Instagram poetry of rejecting complexity, but then this dude says that's precisely why it's so successful. People don't have time to regularly dissect Wordsworth or Byron as if that was, you know, the most recent poetry and who we're comparing Instagram poets to. But a flash of poetry in their feed can make them feel they've connected with something. It's true a lot of people are masquerading as talented. It turns out this stuff is easy to fake. Yeah, I always say, oh, I could write 20 of these pieces while sitting on the toilet. Hmm, I should try that someday. But that doesn't mean the reaction of the readers isn't real and valid. Yeah, and then I should probably just flush them down. Okay, number five, here's another quote uh, from uh, an article called The Second Wave of Instagram Poetry is Here. Uh, This person's name is Dixon, and they say, I am not going to read Walt Whitman. That's not accessible to me emotionally, but I think right now is a moment where I think maybe we as the younger generation are deciding what poetry we like. And I think Instagram has become sort of the mining field for it. Okay, first of all, how would you know Walt Women is not accessible to you emotionally if you've never read him? And he's dang accessible. Uh, so, closed minds. Okay, how about this title? Instagram poetry. You might as well accept it. Why? Why must we just accept anything uncritically? Bah on that. Oh, and here's another title. Instagram poetry and how social media is revitalizing an ancient art form. Okay, so... How is it revitalizing it? Isn't it just presenting another uh, alternative uh, approach or entree to putting words on the page? Um, what is vital about it? The fact that many teenagers like it and that it sells to the sentimental? So blunt line breaks, emotions expressed in a handful of words, and a thought that fits within a few lines pasted over an aesthetic background. These qualities make up the art form dubbed Instagram poetry, But Diana Morris-Lake says a large part of writing poetry is revision. There's a craft that goes into poetry that involves revision, she says. I think a large part of writing poetry is revision. So I think if you're just producing and not revising, that isn't really fitting into the genre in the same way. So why is it called poetry? Why is it riding on that word, which is 
for those of us who have written poetry our whole lives and practiced our craft and work on revision and sweat and struggle is a, a sacred word. Why can't they call this readily produced stuff blurbs or quotes or statements or thoughts or make up their own genre as the word poetry doesn't fit as it's not craft or ear-based? It's like fridge poetry. Why is it fridge poetry? It's just a box of disconnected words. You can put it together whoever you want. There's nothing inherently poetic about it. Okay, but number six, the best benefit, there is always a benefit, there's always a pro to everything, I like to look at it that way, is that women, BIPOC, and liminal artists have found a channel for their work, so mm, a lot of them are finding that they have uh, a validated voice through producing these Insta poems and getting followers and people saying that uh, they've expressed what they've been feeling. So um, that's, a, again, another whole channel and realm and mode uh, that is a different pursuit. It's it's a, an alternate path. But this also points to the fact that they are having a harder time having their work validated in mediums and modes that are actually more substantial and possibly longer lasting. So, mm, you, you know, you're getting, again, that insta kick, you know, that endorphin rush of the likes and you know, maybe some cash and uh, you're not possibly, you're trading that off for long-term, you know, a, a beautiful book that has taken many years to write and revise and produce and might possibly be reread and put in somebody's library as something to be cherished and passed down. Oh gosh, I'm such a romantic. Okay, so one writer claims if Shakespeare was around today, he would write Insta poems. Oh, I'm so tired of hearing that people from the past would uh, would do various things today. And I'm sure he'd eat McDonald's as well in order to justify or validate pursuits. But would he? He was mainly a dramatist. And only because it is popular, he actually wrote subversive sonnets and he circulated materials in tiny coteries. So is fame the most important thing? Shakespeare would not write Insta poems. Hmm. I end with, get your blinders off. Insta poems can be good, but I'd say 80 plus percent are horrendous. Hey, there's a lot of crap being published by trad presses too. Read it all. Develop a critical vocabulary. Open your mind and don't stop there. Thank you, Holly, for that question. You've been listening to Ms. Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians.